Gossip at the Corpse Cart contains graphic and explicit content that may not be suitable for some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome back to Gossip at the Corpse Cart, where we, the wine and crime gals, Talk about shit you're probably already aware of. It's a gag attack. If you attack. have social media, it's a gag attack. I'm and having also- an attack. <laughs> <laughs> I can't go in there. You know I get attacked. <laughs> My mom trying to go Momar into walking- an express store at the mall. Oh, no. It was walking near a Bath and Body Works. <laughs> like within a thousand feet of a Bath and Body Works. She has like a... It was it was incredible, to be honest. It felt like I had no idea we were near one. <laughs> she had like a weird intuition. We the three of us, me, Kenan, and Momar, she starts went to the getting mall for the vapors. She's very sensitive to scents. It was incredible. It was like it was it was like Spider Man. I couldn't yeah. believe it. I was like, where? She's like the opposite of me. She doesn't wear makeup. She can't stand nail polish. She can't stand scented candles. Mm-mm. She's not into it. We had to take a different route through the mall. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was I amazing. Get it. I have it attacks a when I go into a Barnes and Noble. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Poop attacks. Same. Anyway. School supplies. Okay. Anyway, I'm Lucy. Who cares? <laughs> <laughs> I'm Kenyon. Who who the fuck cares? <laughs> I'm Amanda. What year is it? <laughs> um, before we before we started recording, Amanda had texted <laughs> our chat and she was like, "Oh, for this thing, for this payment, whatever, I'm gonna need your socials, uh, but just you know." Tell me later on the call, so um, you're not texting. You're not your texting SSNs. Them. She didn't say SSNs. I know, but it was implied. She said it was so heavily not, implied. She asked for our socials, and you know, said not to text them. I was not paying attention. I was rushing to finish pulling these confessions for recording, oh half reading the text, whatever. We get on the call, and she and she's like, "Okay, Kenyon, what's yours?" And I go. I am at Kenyon Lang on, on Twitter, Twitter at Kenyon Lang. <laughs> she was not joking. Not Ma'am, joking. It was pretty incredible. <laughs> Sir, your socials. Sir, your socials. So I plugged that in and surprise, not getting paid. Yeah, that didn't work for money to be sent to my bank. Somehow. Good thing we kept that secure by not texting it. Oh my God. <laughs> Oh, so good. <laughs> anyway, that's where we're at today. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So let's get this show on the road. Well, yeah, let's commiserate with some other people who might not be firing yeah. on all cylinders today. <laughs> Amanda, kick us off with some crazy headlines. Oh, uh, will do. Okay, so this first one, it's not necessarily funny, but it is bonkers and terrifying. And it was maybe the most submitted this month. Mm-hmm. It might have tied with with another one, but I mean, you've heard of this. So let's just dive in. Florida woman <laughs> missing for 20 days found alive and naked in sewer system. I oh, heard about what? this, but I knew you'd be covering it. I yep. did not hear about this. Uh, it's days. wild. 
So this oh. is out of Delray Beach, Florida. Oh a Florida woman. Is that near uh, it is. Grandma it's Lynn? It is. A Florida woman was pulled from a sewer in Delray Beach Tuesday morning after being missing for 20 days. The woman was identified as 43-year-old Lindsay Kennedy. On Tuesday morning, a woman call, walking nearby called 911 to say she could hear a woman yelling for help from a sewer drain at an intersection. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's like some it shit. Yeah. yeah. What would you do? Here. Yeah, what? Yeah, would you even trust it? Or would you just be like, not I'd, today, Satan? I'd, I think I'd probably just call 911 and be like, yeah. someone is down in the sewer, and I'm yeah. not putting my fingers in there. <laughs> I would run home, get my dry suit. <laughs> Get no. my headlamp. Oh, my God. Some sturdy rope. Oh, my God. So this is how she got in there, apparently. After the rescue, Kennedy told police that on March 3rd, she went for a swim in a canal near her boyfriend's house. Why? She yeah. told them that, well, I mean, never swim in a canal. <laughs> no. Did we not teach you this and in all crimes. the anecdotes of, in canal crimes? Yeah, we've literally done Canal crimes. <laughs> Granted, that was a live show, and I don't know if we ever released it. Maybe we did. I don't uh, know. I don't Go know. on us. Go on us. <laughs> but I remember talking about how living in Rochester, New York, there, like the Erie Canal goes through that city, mm -hmm. and it's so filthy mm -hmm. that, like, high school sports teams haze each other by like jumping into the canal and they get like rashes all over yeah, their bodies. Yeah, to like see who survives. Yeah, it's foul. Yeah, canal is basically just a word for a ridiculously filthy river. Standing yeah. water. It's yeah. like not flowing properly uh, the a way trench. a river does. Yeah, it's a trench. Yeah. Okay, so she told them that while she was swimming, she came across a doorway near a shallow part of the canal. No! Kennedy what? said she entered the doorway and noticed a tunnel. This is where curiosity is a terrible idea. Curiosity will kill the Kennedy. Apparently not. <laughs> this Kennedy isn't cursed, I guess. Mm -hmm. She claimed she became curious as to where the tunnel led and continued to follow it. She told police the tunnel led to another tunnel. So on and on until she realized she was lost. <gasps> Kennedy told police she had been walking around the sewer system for approximately three weeks. How, what was she living on? <laughs> what did I don't she know. Eat? I'm hoping we find out. I tell you, I cold read these so that I can be as shook as you. <laughs> on Tuesday, the day she was found, she explained she saw light and people walking by. So she stayed in place until help arrived. Kennedy was reported missing by her boyfriend on March 3rd, according to police. Police said Kennedy appeared to be coherent and didn't feel she needed to be Baker acted, which is a law in Florida that allows doctors and mental health professionals the ability to commit a person for mental health treatment for up to 72 hours. Yeah, you do, Kennedy. Maybe. You might. May, I, yeah, I'd maybe question that one. Yeah, I'd go for it. I'd spring for the examination. Yeah. You might mm -hmm. be in shock, girlfriend. Yeah, exactly. The police report states Kennedy's mother was contacted. She told police her daughter has a history of mental illness and is a oh. frequent user of narcotics. Oh. She also said that her daughter has a history of doing odd things and making bad decisions. Sources close to the investigation say Kennedy has been released from the hospital. I'd, I have no idea how she sustained herself down there. Or if there, I mean, if there's mental health and, and drugs, that's a 
tough cocktail. So I yeah. I think more information is going to have to emerge. It's possible that maybe she, she wasn't was coming down there and going. For the full week. Yeah, three yeah. weeks. Yeah, that yeah. It wasn't yeah, just what, like what? she got trapped and lost and didn't get help for three right, weeks. It you was. Can't, I mean, if you, I mean, you can survive a while if you can find fresh water. But that, I mean, that the water down there has got to be. I Is mean, there even, proof that it was twenty days, or was that's that an when exaggeration? She went how long she was missing? Yeah, she went oh. missing on March third, and then was found in the sewer. So, I mean, we're gonna have to. We're gonna have to wait and see how this develops more. Oh, that's really I think it's bizarre. more likely that she was coming and going a little bit and staying out of the public eye by like oh. hiding out in the sewer, maybe. I googled it. She said that she survived on a can of ginger ale. Okay, that sounds unlikely. <laughs> One can. That's what this headline from the Guardian says. I'm Hold gonna on. need more information Did than she that. She bring a can of ginger ale with her. While swimming, maybe. I maybe bet snacks she for the her. road. Oh, God. No, she discovered it unopened along the way. Oh, okay. Well, Elisa's trying way. to determine if the woman was actually underground for three weeks. Yeah. They say health officials have, consul- they have consulted believe it is more likely the woman was only in the sewer for two or three days. Only. Thank you. Thank you. Quote, only. Right. Like, still. But still, this is, yeah, that's my assumption as well. So we'll, I guess we'll see. Ginger ale but, is great, though, if you're sick. So oh, it could fantastic. sustain someone for a long time. I get it. So <laughs> I guess I'll keep, I'll follow up on that later. <laughs> okay. Here, this next one is horrific. And on my list of greatest fears, because I cannot and will not ever say no to a donut, let mm-hmm. alone question what is on or around that donut. Did where it came from. Did somebody defile a donut? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh. Oh, yeah. Wow. The headline reads, Office worker brought donuts glazed with <gasps> his own semen <gasps> to his boss's farewell party. Sir. Yeah. Ew. Sir, your glaze. Just Ew. leave Gentleman's glaze. Oh. <laughs> Krispies cream. Yeah. Uh, like there's no way that someone you don't want or necessarily want to target isn't going to accidentally eat one of those nuts. Yeah. These that nuts. is not okay. That is that is food tampering. Oh, absolutely. Is this is an arrestable okay. offense. An office worker from Charlotte, North Carolina was charged with food tampering after an analysis found his own semen in the glaze. <gasps> oh. Adam Richardson, 37, allegedly purchased some plain donuts and took them home where he mixed icing sugar with his semen and glazed the... (laughs) I'm sorry. That was a genuine gag. I'm sorry. (laughs) And glazed the donuts. I chose this and I still am upset with the mixture. (laughs) Employees... It's really... I keep. Oh my I god! Put, All a, of our <laughs> listeners who have like was it misophonia? Well, they probably yeah. haven't hung in this long because we do this sound too often. I'm sorry. <laughs> I had to scroll. I had to scroll, but I did put a picture on the drive. It's not of the actual donuts, but it is of glazed donuts, and the glaze is so drippy, and it keeps making me gag. So I just scroll down because I yeah. cannot look at it. It's just translucent enough. So <laughs> try that. Okay. I'm fine. <laughs> Employees of the farewell party who ate the donuts reported something 
<laughs> unusual about the flavor. It's salty. like the red solo cup. It's Noting like story that with there was solo a cup. salty oh. aftertaste. <laughs> it tastes like those trees that bloom in spring. <laughs> You know what I'm talking yes, about? Yes, we were in LA and I was like, we were like, why does the whole town smell like cum? Yeah. After seeing the boss eat a donut and complimenting <laughs> him on the taste, no! Employees said Richardson burst into uncontrolled laughter. You guys, there is just, the th- my whole throat is like full of, of like spit because I keep gagging. Let's not okay. talk about full throats right now. <clears throat> no. Oh, God. Don't swallow it. <laughs> Quote, we figured then that he'd spiked the donuts with something because there's a bit of bad blood in the past between the pair, said yeah, one employee. Why would you ever, ever let the employee who is quitting Bring the food. Well, to the employees the are quitting. Party. The the boss oh. is leaving. Oh, well, I'm sure the employees fired now. But oh, all right. Well, this guy's a fucking. But we had no idea it was his own semen. After Richardson was arrested, thank God, he said yeah. that he wanted to get revenge for the 12 years of torment by his boss and coworkers. Okay, so he was targeting all of them. How'd they find out that it was jizz? I think it tasted weird and somebody was like, I know what cum tastes like. And then they <laughs> got got it tested and it was positive. Oh, they did for like, get it tested. Yeah. This guy is like actually going to have a jail sentence. Oh, the next sentence is he is now facing a jail sentence. <laughs> <laughs> this was just one of his many semen based recipes. And after he gets out of prison, he would like to continue his career in avant-garde cooking and molecular gastronomy. Ew. <coughs> All right, this Ew. guy is a monster. I don't care how shitty your boss nope. was. This isn't yep. okay. Nope. You could quit. Yeah. You could just quit. Yeah. yeah. You could quit in a very dickish, flouncy way that yes. doesn't involve bodily fluids. Blech. Oh. Okay. I draw the line. It's oh, it's been drawn. It's a special kind of like I fucked have... up inness to repeatedly yeah. use your semen as a prank. Yeah. Yeah. I have sympathized more with murderers that we have discussed oh, on this absolutely. show. Absolutely. Yeah. Good absolutely. for her. Absolutely. Good for her. <laughs> <laughs> okay, here's a little palate cleanser. This is a v- Oh god, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to. So Freudian. Everything you've said has just been like it all no. comes back to come. It always does. Okay. Well, Moving on. (laughs) This is a little like police blotter moment out of, I believe, Iceland. And this would happen to me. And I love it. So I had to include it. This reads, quote unquote, missing woman mystery solved. (laughs) It's so good. It's so good. A group of tourists spent hours Saturday uh, <laughs> looking for a yeah. missing woman near Iceland's Elgia Canyon. I'm sure I got that wrong, but only to find her among the search party. <laughs> the group was traveling through Iceland on a tour bus and stopped near a volcanic canyon. Soon there was word of a missing passenger. The woman who had changed clothes <laughs> didn't recognize the description of 
herself <laughs> and joined the search. She's searching around like, oh, this poor woman. I hope you guys they find they searched her. for hours. <laughs> the search was called off at about 3 a.m. when Everyone it became thought clear. she was dead. When it became clear the missing woman was in fact accounted for and searching for herself. Amazing. <laughs> yeah. Right? With your rubber face too. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. That would absolutely happen to Amanda. If my hair wasn't blue, this would yeah. absolutely happen to me. <laughs> no one would be able to identify your me. Your best looked... friends wouldn't be able to identify Can you. Can you imagine if my hair wasn't blue and I went missing and the police had to choose a photo of me? <laughs> <laughs> like, like what how my yeah. face is different in every expression i make yeah. every single one. Oh, this is why i'm tattooed i'm telling you it's mm-hmm. for you it's not for me it's yeah. for all of you <laughs> it's like how when you have like identical twins and you have to give them like different haircuts or yeah. something once they're old enough to talk you got to stop doing the matching and haircutting thing because mm-hmm. mixing them up is going to get a lot the the stakes are going to get higher. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just telling you right now. And that's my motherly advice of the day. <laughs> You're welcome. Okay. This next one has also been like a huge story in the news, but it feels really fitting considering the recent episodes that we've done about like Facebook confessions and crimes caught on tape. And it just cracked me up. The headline reads, Italian mafia fugitive is captured after authorities discover YouTube cooking channel he launched. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, capitalize on that, Is it Stanley Tucci? It's not, but that would be so good. (laughs) He is bald. Mm -hmm. So Mark Farron Claude Bjart, 53, had been wanted for arrest since 2014 for allegedly trafficking cocaine. Allegedly usually means, yeah, you, you done it, Blart. <laughs> Paul Blart, the art mall cop. Co- cocaine cop. Yes. This Italian fugitive, he was on the run in the Caribbean, and he successfully hid his face on social media, but couldn't mask his passion for food. And after authorities spotted cooking videos he posted on YouTube, they took him into custody. What the, wa- the fuck? <laughs> It's just... It's so human. It's, well, it's, it's also, like, so Caucasian. Like, I'm untouchable. I'm in the Cayman, or I'm in the yeah. Caribbean. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? It's yeah. just ridiculous. So the wanted man, Mark Farron, Claude Biart, apparently made sure the camera focused primarily on his hands in his culinary tutorials, but the video still captured his distinctive tattoos, hi, yeah. which helped investigators trace him to his hideaway home in the Dominican Republic. He just I mean, can't I, resist the YouTube fame. Mm-hmm. I mean, still, like, how did they, somebody somebody must have tipped them off? Probably, uh, but I mean, otherwise, how would they even come across those videos? It sounds like because he was wanted, he had social media channels. Maybe that those were also being watched. I think this was a pretty big story of this guy being a fugitive in Italy. So I could totally see Italians keeping an eye on this new story and then being like, uh... Aren't those his tattoos? Pretty sure. Yeah. This guy just taught me how to make a quiche. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, love this recipe, but go get your man. This love quiche. his tiramisu, but... <laughs> also sir. doubles as a drug mule. Yeah. Sir, your quiche <laughs> is full of cocaine. Sure. 
<laughs> so on Monday, Bjart, 53, was met at the airport in Milan after arriving on a flight from Santo Domingo following his earlier arrest in the Dominican beach town of Boca Chica. Bjart is believed to be a member of the, oh dear, uh, <laughs> Endrageta Crime Syndicate. Sure. Uh, sure. Operating in the Calabria region of southern Italy's boot-shaped peninsula and has been on the run since 2014. So he's been evading for a long time. Wow. I'm impressed. When his arrest was ordered for allegedly trafficking cocaine into the Netherlands. Before he was arrested in the Caribbean, he'd been living quietly in Boca Chica, a tourist destination where the Italian expat community considered him a foreigner from which he kept his distance, said police. So he kept his distance from the Italian expat right, community. Right, they would to... possibly recognize him. Exactly. So according to the outlet, this crime syndicate that I can't pronounce, allegedly control over, have control over most of the cocaine entering Europe and makes it one of the world's most powerful crime syndicates, surpassing Sicily's Costa, Cosa Nostra as Italy's biggest mafia organization. That is so funny, though, the fucking YouTube piece right? of it. Like, I understand, and they say that, like, that is how you, like, catch people who are on the run for a long time because, oh, like, totally. their they interests slip. and hobbies don't change. Like, mm -hmm. people, people like what they like. They are who they are. Follow, like, and subscribe for all of my recipes. Yeah, but to, like, <laughs> have to have the attention piece. Like, you, sir, you can cook whatever the fuck you want for yourself right. in your beautiful little Caribbean hideaway. Yeah. Criminals have huge egos. Oh, yeah, they For the large do. part. Yeah. I just, it's, yeah, but I'm with you, Kenyon. Like, it's so unbelievably stupid. Yeah. He it's had so such stupid. a good thing going. He really did. I want to be did. on a fucking beach town. Me too. Eating Italian food. Boca Chica. Oh, <laughs> uh, I know. I know. I know. Boca Chica sounds lovely. Mm -hmm. Really? Really does. Okay. Well, moving on. You know, I can't resist animal news. And this yes. is, Lucy, I know there's something fun coming up on your side, but this is not that. <laughs> Good. <laughs> this is the cutest, most heartwarming situation. And there is a photo on the drive that will just destroy you. Stray dog who kept stealing stuffed unicorn oh. finds forever home with oh, his plushy pal. I I've, saw this. I've seen this. It's so, so cute. It says one-year-old Sisu was caught breaking into a Dollar General store in eastern North Carolina and did everything he could to get at this <laughs> unicorn plush. <laughs> so it's like cute. purple. It's like one yes. specific one in a oh, bin yep. of identical ones. And he kept going back for it. He was caught breaking into the store, running straight to the toy aisle and nabbing the $10 stuffed unicorn. The staff apprehended him and put him outside, but the determined dog didn't just attempt the heist once. He went back five times, beelining for the unicorn each time. Oh. The store called Duplin County Animal Services and animal control officer Samantha Lane was sent to the scene. When she got there, Sisu was in the parking lot waiting for his next chance to rescue his beloved unicorn. 
Lane, who, quote, has a soft spot for sad stories, couldn't stand to see heartbroken Sisu separated from his one true love. (laughs) She went into the store and bought the unicorn for him. (laughs) Set it in the front seat of her trunk. Of her truck. Sorry, not her trunk. (laughs) And Sisu happily followed. The cute pair was together at last. And that's the photo that's on the drive. Oh, he looks so happy. So happy. Lane brought the dog to a Duplin County Animal Services shelter. It also might be Duplin, but I don't know. And uh, don't at me. Where the staff members gave him the name Sisu after the dragon character in the Disney film Raina and the Last Dragon. Oh, sorry. Raya. I didn't see this movie. Apparently it's good, though. Hmm. I don't have children. The shelter posted a picture. It might be Raya. I really don't know. The shelter posted a picture. Raya from Duppin County. Duppin Raya. The shelter posted a picture of the pup and his unicorn on Facebook with the caption, quote, this is what happens when you break into into the Dollar General consistently to steal the purple unicorn that you laid claim to, but then get animal control called to lock you up for your breaking and entering. And larceny, but the officer purchases larceny. your item for you and brings it in with you. Specific. Yes. <laughs> that feel when. Sisu spent the following five days at the shelter cuddled up next to his unicorn. It's, quote, it's so sweet. It's amazing. I mean, he's obviously super smart. And even when we got him into the animal shelter, he's been very obedient. He sits. He shakes. Someone should be looking for him. Uh, says Joe Newburn, who is the department head for the Duplin Duplin County Animal Services. Mm-hmm. Quote, I don't know of any other reason why he would focus on the unicorn other than he had one at home. If mm-hmm. the store had called and said he tore up open dog food, that would make more sense. But right. not hunting for a purple unicorn. Right. Sisu's heartwarming story caught the attention of local animal lovers interested in giving him and his unicorn a loving home. And on Friday, March 26th, the shelter announced that Sisu was adopted. So clearly nobody came forward and there could there must not have been like a microchip that was up to date or if at all. Right. I also think like the unicorn's head is like kind of the same size as his head. Totally. Mm-hmm. Oh my They're god. They're bonded there's, buddies. There's yeah. another picture I have to put on the drive because Sisu is snuggling it and it's I'm I can't. The good news doesn't end there. Dollar General spokesperson Crystal Luce or Luce decided to send, quote, a few extra purple unicorns for the adoptive family so he'll never be without one. And the store even sent a pet food donation to the Duplin Duplin County Animal Services as a thank you. She says, we're glad to see Sisu is happy with his new toy, and we are too. They're soulmates. OMG. The snuggling. It's too cute. Look at him. He's using a little unicorn as a pillow. Oh, oh my <laughs> so God. So cute. Yeah. I love him. Okay, I have a couple oh. more itty bitties. Okay. This is another really fun blotter that I got and another one that sounds a lot like me. So I identified very heavily with all of my headlines this week, except the <laughs> semen. <laughs> okay. This is the Morristown police blotter, which I'm not 100% sure which Morristown it is. So I guess be creative. It doesn't really matter. This could have happened anywhere. March 15th at 3.13 p.m., a man at the corner of Portland and Main Streets was seen holding a stick with a hand-drawn penis on it. It wasn't a problem because it was an illustration and not a photo of an actual penis. End blotter. Well, that was it. That's it. (laughs) 
It was just a guy with a sign. <laughs> it was just a guy with a sign with a drawn wiener on it. Just yeah. hanging out alone on this on on a corner. And some narc yep. called him in, and then the yep. police were like, "Well, free speech. It's an yep. illustration." Three hundred percent, Amanda. Oh yeah, it was me. American band. Uh, I don't know what Morristown it was. Couldn't tell you. <laughs> All right. Finally, I'm gonna leave you with this wonderful headline out of Germany. Mm. Bank robber escapes after witnesses distracted by his ugly tie. (laughs) (laughs) Like they can't remember what he looks like because they were too distracted by his tie. That's a tactic with disguises. It's brilliant. Uh Uh-huh. So this is a bizarre bank heist for the books. German police are on the hunt for a burglar whose style choices were so ugly that no witnesses were later able to identify him. (laughs) According to a report from local German paper Der Spiegel, Mm -hmm. a bank just outside of Frankfurt was robbed on Tuesday. The man who cops confirmed was armed with a black pistol demanded the teller hand over an unknown amount of cash before fleeing the scene. Classic. Mm-hmm. However, the criminal's appalling 1980s-style tie was so <laughs> distracting to employees and patrons that witnesses could not recount other details of the man's appearance. Amazing. <laughs> they estimated him to be in his early 20s, but could not provide any other details to the police. So it wasn't even like a wacky tie. It was just an just 80s ugly. tie. Yeah, and that he wasn't wearing a mask or anything. They were just so <laughs> distracted by the tie. I love that they can't this. remember his face. <laughs> it's so good. They could not provide any other details to the police because they were simply too focused on his neon neckwear. Oh, as of now, German officials believe the costuming choice was intentional. Mm. "Quote: He did it cleverly," a, sp- a police spokesperson told Der Spiegel. Everyone focused on the ugly tie and didn't pay attention to his face. His plan seemingly worked as the police are still searching for the fugitive at large. Yep. So you know what? Victimless crime. I mean, yeah. You kind of earned it, in my opinion. He he himself is a fashion victim. Well, Mm. fair enough. But that's a very clever use of disguise and and peacocking and deflection. I'm I'm here for it. So those are my headlines. Well nice done. Nice job. We um, had a nice little uh, cacophony journey. this week, yeah. a month. And <laughs> as always, if you have something disgusting or funny to send me for GAC, uh, head to our website. There's a little contact us. There's a, there's a funny headlines selection to make sure it's going to get Drop into down. the right email folder yeah, yeah. follow those so, drop down menus for best go results do it. Yeah. drop down and give me funny we'll do that while we take <laughs> okay. a break and hear a word from our sponsors oh my god <laughs> that was really gross Orate is a fine jewelry brand founded by women for women gorgeous people who love gorgeous jewelry yup Pieces range from classic to statement to completely original. They're so cute. There is something mm-hmm. for everybody. Trust. Orate makes the jewelry you've always wanted but could never quite find. Yo, not only is it like there's something for everyone, but the quality is so good. Orate's gold feels substantial and the diamonds sparkle and shine. It's such high quality. It's so beautiful. It's real. 
It's real gold. You can wear it and not have to take it off. It's not going to f- turn your face green. You could shower in it. You could go for a jog. I don't know why on God's green earth you would do that, but you could do that in in this jewelry. Um, and that quality is affordable because Orate sells direct to you without the middle person markup. So they can offer the same quality as traditional Fifth Avenue brands at a fraction of the cost. I have the Sensu stud earrings in gold. They're so cute. They are so cute. They're like dainty enough to be an everyday piece, but interesting and fun enough to suit my eclectic tastes. I never thought I could find like an everyday earring that I wouldn't get sick of. And I I wear them all the time. I'm obsessed with them. They're gorgeous. Yeah, it's also all ethically sourced and sustainably made, which I love. love. Yeah. Luck. Luck. Seriously. So for 15% off your first Orate purchase, go to OrateNewYork.com slash gals15 and use promo code GALS15. That's G A L S. One five. One more time for fifteen percent off your first Orate purchase. Go to Orate New York. That's A U R A T E New York dot com slash gals fifteen G A L S one five and use promo code gals fifteen and treat your jewelry. Treat it, folks. I'm gonna tell you my biggest nail issue. The reason I feel so compelled to go have my nails professionally done is because I can't do them myself. Like, I can do my left hand really well because I'm right-handed, so I can do my non-dominant hand, but then my right hand looks (laughs) atrocious. Looks like I just dipped the tips of my fingers into a can of paint and went, well, good enough. Good enough. (laughs) And then they always chip. Like, even if I get it right, they always chip. And it just, it makes me bonkers. So I got the Olive and June Manny system. And now I know my DIY Manny is going to look salon perfect. And it's going to last seven days. This is possible. This is real. And, you know, people are always asking me, like, what salon do I go to? And I tell them, sometimes I go to this salon. But guess what? This time, I did this one myself. And they're like, no, you didn't. And I'm like, yeah, I did. I did. (laughs) They just look so good. Mm -hmm. So for me, that Olive and June Manny system is like my self-care moment. So, for example, last night, Saturday night, I just stayed in and, you know, had had a glass of wine watched hereditary because it's very yes. relaxing for me oh and self-care I, self-care and i did my nails and it was just really really nice so mm-hmm. so the system is so easy it's only five steps and what makes it so incredibly easy to paint your dominant hand for mm-hmm. me is what is called the poppy so it's yep. a patented brush handle it's it's weighted. It's made of this really like soft like rubber, which kind of for me doubles as like a stress ball because yes. again, it's my me time. A thousand percent. So it just it kind of stops your hand from like kind of shaking. It just gives it that control, so you mm-hmm. can paint whatever hand mm-hmm. really really easily. Their colors are so cute. My favorite is lava. It's like a hot orange. Yes, it's it's really nice. It's like a corally kind of orangey red. It's so good. Looking at it right now. It's, she's gorgeous. She's gorgeous. 
So the Manny system with six polishes breaks down to about $2 per manicure. Hello. Uh, think about how much you spend at the salon for like a gel Manny, like 40 bucks. I don't want to think about it. it. That's upsetting me. It's absurd. And I've said it before. I'll say it again. I don't have a dishwasher, so mm-hmm. I do all my dishes by hand, and that wreaks havoc on my nails, on my manicure. Yeah. Olive in June? Uh-uh. No. It's like nothing ever happened. It's like I have a dishwasher. It's amazing. I love it. It's so amazing. So your new nail life is here. It has arrived. Get 20% off your first Manny system when you use promo code GALS, G-A-L-S, at oliveandjune.com because we are done with expensive, bad Mannies. This is the new us. Okay, get on it. Oliveandjune.com. Use that promo code GALS for 20% off your first Manny system and treat your nails. Treat them. Are we ready for some coven confessions? Oh, jeez. I love these. So the... A theme of this month's is they're not most of them are not really confessions per se, but they are fascinating stories that people sent in. So All right, go with it. All right. Misunderstood the assignment, but that's okay. Well, I like it. Yes and no. You'll see. Couldn't any story be a confession if it's about you? Right. Right. I'll Quite allow an anecdote. it. Mm-hmm. So first one. Very fucking bonks, and I don't think you are even ready. Never. (laughs) Quote. Never ready. Quote. So, last night, shit got wild. I'm 24, identify as female, and I'm an assistant manager at a paint store, rhymes with Herman Hilliams. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, yes, bear. (laughs) (laughs) In northern Kentucky. Even though it is a big company, the stores run rather autonomously and a closing shift leaves you by yourself from about five to when we close at seven. Don't like that. Right. And, you know, seven, depending on the area and the time of year, 7 p.m., it could be pitch blackout. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. Keep that in mind. So we normally don't have many customers that late, so I normally throw in some headphones and listen to your podcast. I will literally save episodes so that I have something to listen to when I close. Well, I had recently broken my AirPods, so whenever no one was in the store, I just played Womb Raiders through my speakers and at 7 closed up. Now I'm 5'1 and petite, but I will cut a bitch if provoked. Mm -hmm. But I also like the path of least resistance, and I know that if somebody were to surprise me, I wouldn't be able to overpower them necessarily, you know. So every night before I walk out, I remote start my car so my headlights illuminate the parking lot and check the cameras to make sure there's no one outside waiting for me. So doing just being very conscientious of, you know, being the sole person closing at that store. Like, honestly, I feel like I would be less conscientious Mm -hmm. and more stupid. There is an abandoned house behind us and it's not uncommon for people to squat there or break into the house and do drugs. I have addicts in my life, and I will be the first person to say that not all addicts are dangerous, but I believe when you are on drugs, you don't make the same decisions you would have made if you weren't on drugs, which mm-hmm. is a very fair thing. Very fair. Also, many painters deal in cash, so it's not uncommon to have over $500 in deposits to take to the bank at the end of the night. So I check the cameras, and I see nothing. Set the alarm, walk out, purse with deposit bag inside, and in hand and phone blaring Amanda's case of the Womb Raiders episode. Oh, geez. Uh. 
I oh, go to the clo- car keys. I <laughs> I go to close the door behind me when someone walks around the corner of the building where the blind spot in the camera is, holding an open pocket knife. Uh, oh, oh no, 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 we, no, 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 no. We make eye contact, and he looks at my purse and starts walking towards me. Oh. I'm backing towards my car saying, you don't want to fuck with me in the most intimidating voice I can muster. Oh, my God. You're so brave. Right. When Amanda starts describing how Pierce cut Ray open with her keys. Oh. Which is is when he stopped, (laughs) looked at me and said, crazy bitch. And (laughs) booked it into the woods at the side of our building. Yes, 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 yes. Well done. You saved her life. Oh my God. Calling her the crazy bitch when he is the one about to attack right? somebody with a pocket knife. Oh maybe maybe God. they were calling me the crazy bitch. I'll take that. I'll take on that responsibility. Oh my God. That's unbelievable. I mean, thank God. Yeah. The, Holy the mere shit. timber of my voice is. <laughs> Enough of a deterrent. Like a banshee. (laughs) Yeah, that would chase any grown man off. Oh, that is good. So long story short, I guess hearing, quote, performed a crude cesarean using Cindy's car key, plus Lucy's giggle, (laughs) made the guy go after an easier mark. But I will be forever grateful that he decided to turn around. In my book, Wine and Crime just saved just possibly saved my life oh. or at least kept me from getting mugged and I will be forever in your debt. Can't wait to see you when the world opens back up. Thank you for everything you do. My That's- nipples are so hard. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that is amazing. Yeah. Right? Wow. We Jesus. Saved, we save lives here at Wine and Crime. <laughs> it's just one of our many services. So mm. there you go. Humble brag. Thank you. Damn. I'm so glad you're safe. Yeah. Yeah. And just a reminder that like, yeah, you can like act like a crazy bitch. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that works as a deterrent. Yeah. Sometimes it does. Mm -hmm. As the old saying goes, fuck politeness. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Thank you. My favorite murder for Mm -hmm. that amazing quote. Mm hmm. Okay, the next one. And again, remember I said this is these aren't really confessions, confessions, but they I think they're all like important and interesting. So this mm-hmm. next one is serious but important. Quote, "Thank you for bringing attention to the Asian hate crimes. I am half Japanese and half Caucasian. I have removed the Asian part of my name from social media, and I have an appointment with my hairdresser to change my hair color to an auburn shade." Oh my god. I know. I know. Thankfully, I don't look, this is in their words, thankfully, I don't look so Asian that I can't hide it most of the time, but some people still catch on when they see me. I am also considering getting contacts to change my eye color. Oh, that is devastating. It's really heartbreaking. I have three dogs who depend on me and I can't afford to get injured or killed. God. My dogs are large. One has mental emotional issues due to what he has been through. He's a one is a pity bull mastiff mix. And my girl dog is so bonded to the pity slash bull mastiff that she could never be separated from him. Hmm. Due to all of this, it would be almost impossible to place them in new homes. For a while I will be going into hiding in plain sight because I am afraid. Ugh. I know I am a coward. You're not a coward. No, no you're not. Surviving is not cowardly. Right. No. But I am doing what I feel I have to do. Again, thank you for your support of the Asian community. It means the world to me. 
Oh my God. Listen, it's fucking heartbreaking. You are not at fault. You, you are not a coward. You mm-hmm. are doing what you need to do to survive. And other people are going to make different choices that work for them mm-hmm. and their needs and their feelings of safety, you know, so there's no right or wrong reaction to racism mm-hmm. if you're the target of it. Right. And the coward is are the people who are doing these horrific Correct. acts in the first place. Right. Correct. And right. you are doing what you need to do to feel safe Ugh. in today's horrific environment. And, and you should never be put in that position. No. Of no. course. Not ever. That's the, that's the tr- fucking tragedy. And we're so sorry. I'm just so sorry. Mm-hmm. And I feel like the only thing we can do is just fucking talk about it and call it out when it happens and. And check in yeah. on our friends who might be in your same situation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But we're sending you love. Very much. Okay. So, next one. Very different vibe. Moving on to funny. Ooh. All right. Quote, I love your podcast. I recently listened to your March Gack episode about the uh, Chinese toilet spider. It was actually, oh, God. it was, in my case, Lucy was talking about a, a spider in China. I was talking about a spider in India. Mm-hmm. Mm. Asian spiders. Asian spiders could also be Australian spiders, could also be Southwestern uh, spiders. U.S. Spiders. All spiders. spiders. Large spiders. Yes, all spiders. Yes, all spiders. <laughs> uh, you inspired me to share my yes, all spiders story. You inspired me. <laughs> I was just going to say that. <laughs> You're I so felt inspiring. <laughs> now, ladies, this is a spider story like no other. Oh. One nightmares are made of, so hold on to your panties. No. No, really, this might make you shit yourself. No. Not no. my undies. We've been through enough. <laughs> <laughs> I live in Tucson, Arizona. No. No. Where all the desert creatures like to visit you in the middle of the night. Not long after moving into our new home, we started to notice an abundance of spiders. Great. Burn your house down. It's (laughs) not a hard choice. Not worth it. (laughs) It's not worth it. At what cost? Humans are not meant to live there. The Mm -mm. spiders are there. So mostly brown recluses and wolf spiders. Nope. (laughs) No. Nope. If you don't know what these are, look them up. They don't are gross, terrifying, up. and rather large. I'm telling Just you right now, don't look them up. let your imagination run mm-hmm. wild. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. One night I decided I was too tired to change into pajamas for bed, so instead I simply unzipped my shorts next to my side of the bed and slid under the covers. Uh, been there. Terrible idea. I must have still been pretty lazy the next morning because instead of putting on new clothes, I grabbed the first article of clothing I could find to cover up my rump and headed to the bathroom. Ladies. You all know the curse of long hair. Mm-hmm. You find uh-oh. hair strands uh-oh. everywhere, in your shirt, under your arm, legit everywhere. And sometimes those hairs can combine forces to create hair balls. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah, I pulled some of those out of my bee crack. Oh, we will get uh-oh. to it. No, no, no. Oh, no, 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 no. That morning, I thought I had one of those said hair balls in my shorts. Well, my butt crack, to be exact. <gasps> Oh, and also I have a different anecdote from a friend who shall not be named about this, but I know which friend you're talking about. Yeah. I can't wait to hear about it. <laughs> I have no idea what I'm about to get into I'll tell you and I'm show. scared and I'm not ready <laughs> and I hate it. 
So, like the true lady I am, I reached my hand into my butt crack mid-walk to grab the little bugger, only to find that when I pulled my clenched hand out of my shorts, I was not holding a clump of hair, but a moving wolf spider. (gasps) In her butt crack! Why do you Uh, do this to me? My nipples are hard again. (laughs) For evil. Not yeah. for good. Yeah. This is not okay. No. The only thing I could do was throw it on the ground, strip down to my birthday suit, and leap on the bed, crying and screaming and spreading my butt cheeks with my hand. Yeah. <laughs> I tried yes. to appropriate response. shake out the rest of the spiders. Yeah. I tried to explain Whoa. to my very confused husband what had just happened. Eventually, we found the culprit, and he paid for his crimes, but I have never been the same. (laughs) He paid for his crimes. Oh, my God. Jesus. Mm, Yes. And so now the anecdote about the hair in the butt crack thing. Do we need need it? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. The people deserve to hear it. Do they? (laughs) So... We have a friend who has very long and very thick and wild, amazing but wild hair. Mm-hmm. Uh, uncontrollable. Yeah, it's it it does what it will. Mm-hmm. And um, and she also, I mean, now she's an adult, but for many a year she was quite a free spirit, bohemian. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Infrequent bathing? Is that what this is implying? <laughs> she boho. Had, had boho. Boho vibes. So. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I now know exactly who you're talking about. Oh, my God. So she hadn't been down to crack town in a while, apparently, to clean it out. At least not that thoroughly. Yeah. And she had some pain there no, no. and went to the doctor no. and it was discovered that she had like a no like a growth no slash cyst. no a cyst that had formed from the clump of hair no it was like compacted hair like got under the skin somehow yeah no yeah and it had to be surgically removed no okay in case this person is listening and they and they feel bad about it, I will have you know, anonymous person, that the exact same thing happened to a male friend of mine relatively mm-hmm. recently who also mm-hmm. has long, thick hair. Mm-hmm. And I, Hair gets in there. I mean, he, there's nothing you can do about it. You just got to clean well, it out. He was like, I don't know how this happened, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, I do. I have a friend, the exact same fucking thing happened, and it's because you don't wash your ass crack enough. And he's like, no, that's not it. And I'm like, I guarantee you yeah. that's exactly what it is. You're you a gotta, crack. You're, yeah. You got to really get in there. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. I so will anyway. never be the same. Yep. Thank yep. you, I guess, okay. for that. Also, love you, Thank friend. You. Love you, friend. Love you, friend. Okay. Next story. This one... Um, but just men are terrible. What are men? <laughs> I mean, basically. Mm-hmm. Okay. So here's the thing. I have always had shy poops. Mm-hmm. So much so that only in the past two years have I stopped holding in my poops until 4 a.m. 
in the wee hours of the morning. Mm -hmm. I did this because I am irrationally fearful my family would smell my shame and leave me. Family? Um, I thought this person was like in a dorm or something. Nope. Nope. This person sounds like a full-grown adult. Wow. Okay. I disagree with this already. Out of the gate. Everyone has their things and they know they know that this is a an issue that they need to work on. So my doc finally called me out on my shit. Literally. Uh-huh. And told me that unless I want horrible stomach issues and a prolapsed anus, I need <laughs> to stop holding my poops in for hours. Yeah. I mean, he wasn't holding it, but my late grandfather, constipation made him so ill from like backed up feces in his elder, elder years. It's very dangerous to not poop. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I can't believe I survived at camp that one time. Uh, French camp. Yeah. yeah. Because I didn't want to go to a bathroom with spiders. Yeah. It all circles back. That's or, fair. In the last gag, there was that person who, as a child, didn't ever want to poop, and then they got that cherry-flavored laxative. Mm-hmm. Yum. Yum. <laughs> she said. <Yep. laughs> okay, so now for the real confession. Quote, I am five months pregnant and constipation has become an issue. So when I do feel a poop coming, I'm actually really happy and excited. The past nine times, not exaggerating, every time I have to go, my morning poops, or if I'm lucky, a lunch poop, a particular housekeeping staff member always walks in the bathroom to clean it. I think they're, they mean when they're at work. Mm-hmm. This person is at work. It sounds like a kind of office e job. The first several times never bothered me because I just thought, oh, I must be going at this cleaning time. I should be more mindful. Mm. I start being more mindful of my time and make sure I go at very different times in the morning. Yeah, motherfucker was still knocking and coming in the bathroom. Oh, my God. Before he would knock, I would say, someone is in here, and he would leave. The lat, which is also horrible, and what a way to ruin someone's poop, especially when this person already has has I know. let me shit. Poop anxiety. The poop just goes straight back up your butt when it you're interrupted I've like that. I've had this happen. Mm-hmm. It's the where worst. I got spooked and had to suck it back in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it just uh, shoots right back up. It it's does. Horrible. <laughs> As Miley Cyrus would say, it's the climb. I always have diarrhea, so I haven't had to deal with this in a long time, but I know. (laughs) Okay, so the last couple of times he walks in as he knocks, and I have to tell him to leave the bathroom. I yell this from the stall. I went to confront him about this and saw on his computer he had surveillance cameras on his screen, Uh. one facing the outside of the bathroom. His job description does not state anywhere that he is to have access to our cameras, and some of them were angles our cameras don't even have. Ew. What? Ew. And it's a it's a housekeeping person, not a security person, even. Oh no. This sick asshole purposefully was going to clean the bathroom oh, every my God. time I was in there. That's fucking Oh, my gross. God. I took a picture of his screen, sent it to my boss, and they didn't do anything about it. Holy shit. Come on. Oh, it gets worse. Turns out I wasn't the only pregnant woman 
that has come to them with this same complaint. So Ew. this is a repeat a pr- offender with a like a fetish a for f- pregnant women. Pregnant women going to the bathroom. Good lord. So Which like gross. cool, your fetish. Cool. But everyone has to consent. Yeah. Right. That's the point. Yeah. It's I, I don't I don't give a shit if that's your fetish, but you you find someone who yeah. is into that who will be pregnant and let you watch them go to the bathroom who yep. will pretend to be pregnant and wa- let you watch them go to the bathroom you can pay someone yep to portray yep. this for you yep mm-hmm. i have the belly for this oh my god yeah i mean name <laughs> and i love easy money name your price <laughs> done more for less I have definitely done worse for less. I pretended to be pregnant just to get access to a bathroom. Oh, oh yeah. Oh. That's a good move. Yeah. There. Oh, yeah. Never, never fails. Also, what's so egregious about this is the boss. Yeah. The just fact that the boss. That this is, uh, uh, that they knew about this. They knew about it. It's been more than one, which it shouldn't, yeah. it shouldn't have to take more than one woman yep. coming forward, but yep. it is yep. more than one. And they're still not doing anything to yep. protect their fucking workers. Yeah. And that they don't realize that this is such a this is actually a serious thing and could very easily escalate to oh my God, yes. fucking violence. I just got horrible heartburn. Mm-hmm. I mean, peeping Tomery is mm-hmm. like a big fucking red flag. Mm-hmm. Yep. And this person wasn't just watching on the cameras. They were trying to enter into the bathroom after yeah. having been told numerous times not to. Yeah, because like you said, it's that's already showing that the behavior is escalating. Because yeah. merely watching, smearly watching, <laughs> is is not enough. Uh huh. Now they're trying to get it. I can't. I, uh-huh. Uh huh. No. It's escalating. Ugh. So my husband and I decided we were going to do something about it. I sent the photo to HR, the staff member's wife and mother. Good. Ugh. And then we put sugar in his gas tank, and I hid dog shit in his office. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, just a free plug for Mm poopsenders.com if you need to send anonymous packages of poop unfortunately I still work in the same building as he does for now as soon as my mother and I get our business off the ground I'm taking all their asses to court and flipping everyone off on my way out the building Mm -hmm. the housekeeping member and my boss still don't know it was me that pulled on them like to HR Mm -hmm. because there are multiple fucking victims anyway I can't wait to get the hell out of here and take down these terrible men. So remember, trust your gut. Don't stick up for predators. Married couples that crime together, stay together and fuck the patriarchy. Yup. Love it. Check, check, check. Yeah. And then they, then they said a very nice paragraph of compliments about the show, but I won't, I won't read them. You won't indulge yourself too much. Too much. No. Okay. So we got time for maybe one more. Yeah. Okay. This one's amazing and funny. We'll end on a funny note. I am absolutely obsessed with this podcast and have listened to almost every episode. Please keep this anonymous because it's super embarrassing. Don't worry. All the confessions are anonymous. Okay. Do y'all remember this product they used to have an infomercial for called Smooth Away? Yep. For hair. Yep. I totally remember. I definitely tried it. In all the commercials, it was like this weird little thing you strapped to your hand. And in all the commercials for it, it looks like they're... They, they're supposed to look like they're like rubbing it on their leg or whatever, 
But it looks like they're never making contact with their skin at all. And then, like, a star swipe will go and they just have this, like, smooth leg. It was the most oh, I thought you meant your, I thought you meant your head hair. I oh, no, like, like leg. What? Oh, like, leg. Like, like leg, yes. underarm. Gotcha. Yes, cube. I do. I do. Yeah. yeah. Well, basically, it's fucking sandpaper that you would <laughs> rub all over your skin <laughs> to remove hair. The so. first time I shaved my legs was at... Shelly Cord's house with that mm. with that mm-hmm. product. Yep. Oh no. It yeah. smelled bad. Because yeah. it was like burning skin. I remember how it smelled. Yeah, because you can't rub away the hair without just rubbing away the A top layer. layer of skin. Yeah. Yeah. Which like exfoliating before you shave is a, always a great idea, but you don't have to do both at once without like any water. Mm-hmm. Right. Dry. <laughs> this sounds awful. <laughs> For some reason, my mother purchased a few packs of these products to try. I was around 14 or 15 at the time, so I had just gotten into grooming my bikini area. Mm, I remember my first time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Talked about it on this oh, show. Oh, yes, we have. <laughs> a couple times. Mm-hmm. I think you see where I'm going with this. Oh, no, you sandpapered your pubis, you mons pubis. <laughs> Ew. For some reason, I got the bright idea to use this sandpaper to get rid of my pubes, like all of them. Oh, okay. oh, I can smell it. Just rub there. them off. Ew. It, it, didn't, <laughs> it didn't hurt while I was doing it. And I must admit, it got super smooth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just imagine, because you do this dry. Yes. So like the second you step in the shower, it'd be like hot water on a sunburn. It would hurt yeah. so bad. Yeah. In hindsight, it literally says, do not use on bikini area on the package. LOL. Oh, no. <laughs> At first, I thought I had just discovered the holy grail of pube grooming. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep, you figured it out at 14. Good job. <laughs> but I woke up the next morning and went to the bathroom. And when I looked down, I realized my entire vagina area was swollen. Yep. And had puffed up to almost double the size. <laughs> that, I mean, this she is basically did. what happened when I tried at-home waxing. Uh-huh. <laughs> it was a mess. Uh-huh. Oh, no. I mean, my full labia majora and menorah were bright red and huge. Oh, <laughs> honey. This is my favorite part. It looked like a steamed bun. No! <laughs> No! Oh, it was probably Baby, really no. hot, too. Baby girl! Oh, no. I was absolutely oh. horrified. I love a steamed bun, though. I gotta say. Oh. I'm really hungry. The steamed <laughs> shrimp buns at Moto E are, like, the best ever. I thought I was dying, so I mustered up what little courage I had and went to tell my mom what oh, I had done. God. Call 911! My, my bun! Oh, my hot bun. Hot cross bun. <laughs> my messy bun. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, this poor thing. She ended up rushing me and the box of sandpaper to urgent care where I had to explain to the doctor <laughs> the what the stupid thing I had just done. The box of sandpaper. At this oh, point, God. I had never even had a vaginal exam, so this was incredibly traumatic. Plus, oh. my mom was in the room, so she saw all of it. Oh, oh no. Honey. They 
ended up prescribing me some, some antibiotics and I had to take off the next two days of school. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. 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 <laughs> and I spy vagina around the clock. Oh my gosh, she's the girl from Drop Dead Gorgeous who, yes. who hits the stool. <laughs> yes. She's just off to the side with an ice pack on her. The fucking sawhorse. I eventually made a full recovery, but it took years before I mustered up the courage to ever shave down there again. They remade her belly with skin from her butt. (laughs) This is by far one of the dumbest and most embarrassing things I've ever done. If this is only one of them, I want to hear the rest. Yeah. What else you got? (laughs) Follow up. My mom still brings it up and laughs so hard she cries. <laughs> <laughs> Just at cocktail parties. <laughs> oh, that's my a mom move. At family reunions. <laughs> I hope that by sharing this story, any young people with vaginas that listen to this podcast cannot repeat my mistakes. I've only ever told this to one or two people, so I hope you enjoyed it. <laughs> we did. <laughs> yup. Smooth away. Oh, don't smooth away. (laughs) So that is the Coven Confessions this month. Wow. Little little mix. It really is just a low grit sandpaper. Yeah. That's entirely what it is. (laughs) They probably, I mean, obviously this adverse effect is behind that warning. But also if like granules of that product... (laughs) <laughs> are are crumbling off of the product and potentially lodging into like pores or follicles of your oh, skin. It's gonna get. You really ingrowns. don't want that. Yeah, no. down the in, irritation. in your around your pubis. Mm-hmm. No, 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 oh, no, no. Mm-hmm. No. no, no, no. It honey, is way better honey, to go no. full seventies bush. Yeah, yep. ain't nothing wrong with a bush. Mm-mm. I love. I a bush. just, I just do a buzz cut. Yeah, I have a little trimmer, a little military cut. Yeah, she's <laughs> soft, high and tight, high and tight, <laughs> <laughs> high and tight, nice and. So- I used to shave and wax, and it just became too obnoxious. Now I just mm-hmm. blast them off in in the bathtub. Well, like the shower, and then rinse them down the drain. Yeah, I've never a used hedge clipper. I've never used a buzzer. I might have to try. Oh, it's so nice because you're not getting ingrowns. It stays nice and soft. It's not itchy. Mm-hmm. Like it's just the regrowth isn't a big pain because you're not like going all the way down to the skin. Mm-hmm. It's really I can't, great. I can't do the shaving. Mm-hmm. I'm into it. Mm-hmm. The buzzing. Mm-hmm. I'm okay. all a buzz. All right. Uh, let's hear another <laughs> word from our sponsor. <laughs> yes, let's. Smooth away. Ew. Apply <laughs> directly can't... to the pubis. <laughs> Mach At 10 all. or whatever. Mach 10. <laughs> so I am so deeply invested in like facial skincare that I sometimes neglect all of the skin on the rest of my body. <laughs> like, happens. I just forget it exists. I'm, like, so obsessed with making sure that my face stays moisturized. My skin is really dry, and I know that I prioritize my face, and I love prioritizing my face. But you know what? Your skin is the largest organ. It's not just on your face. You have to be 
careful of how you're caring for all of your skin on every beautiful inch of you. And that is why I am in love with the Osea products. They are so gorgeous and they give all of your skin the attention it deserves. Yeah, you got a lot of skin. Yes, so much. So one of those ways to just treat all of your skin is with Osea's Andaria Algae Body Oil. It's That stuff is amazing. Oh, my goodness. It's oh. just a treat to get out of a hot mm-hmm. shower and just slather yourself in this gorgeous oil. Mm-hmm. So it instantly moisturizes and replenishes dry skin, leaving every inch silky smooth. It, like, soaks it in. It's yeah. so nice. Yeah, you're not going to be, like, greased up to go down a slip and slide your freshman year of college after you put this on. It, like, goes into your skin. It's amazing. That was a very specific example, and I'm into it. It was. Yeah, <laughs> I'm painting that picture for everyone, all the listeners. <laughs> oh, great. So it leaves your skin feeling super soft and glowing with that Andaria algae pulp and Babasu seed oil. Mm. So it's just all of these you know, beautiful natural ingredients. And Osea soaks hand-harvested Andaria algae in barrels of oil for up to six months. It's like high-quality, legit ingredients. Yeah. And the result is liquid gold. It's a rich, luxurious, never-greasy body oil. It's fragrant with sunny citrus and top notes of sweet passion fruit. I personally have, like, like... I saw, like, winter skin on certain Mm -hmm. parts of my body, like my thighs, you know. My elbows. Yeah. So get those places ready for some sunshine because Mm -hmm. it's happening. It's happening. The other product that I really, really love is their Hyaluronic Sea Serum. Yes. I use it every day. It's absolutely amazing. So Osea creates skin and body care products powered by the sea. It's vegan. It's cruelty-free. It's good for your skin. It's good for the planet. It's amazing. You got to check them out. It's good, 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 good. And you can try Osea risk-free for 30 days and get free shipping on orders over $50. They even send free samples with every order so you can, like, try a bunch of cool stuff. And get 10% off your first order with our promo code GALS, G-A-L-S, at oseamalibu.com. That's 10% off with code GALS at oseamalibu. That's O-S-E-A-M-A-L-I-B-U.com. And treat your skin. Treat it. You know, we've had a doozy of a year at plus. You know, because now it's more than a year. Mm-hmm. Um, and... That special day, that Mother's Day day is coming up. And it's hard to really show and express how much you appreciate the mother figure in your life. You know, they're your foundation. They're your rock through all of the ups and downs. So it's really, it's not easy to express how profound that relationship is. Like we've bonded so much through so many hard and wonderful times You really want to be able to tell that mother figure in your life how much you love them. And when your connection with that person is stronger than words, tell them you love them with the love captured in Pandora jewelry. Uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. So this season, Pandora has gifts for every mom with new designs in their collection of contemporary classics. So Mm. actually, 
I have a Pandora piece that my mother-in-law gave me for my birthday a while back, and it is one of my favorite things. It's so cute. It's this, like, diamond-studded bangle. (gasps) I love that bracelet. You know it. I wear it to pretty much every live show. You do. It's gorgeous. It's a really nice, like, staple. So Pandora... Mm -hmm. Pandora does offer more than just charms with a wide variety of rings, necklaces, earrings, and bracelets, and bangles. Super Mm. cute bangles. Mm. Mm -hmm. The jewelry can be customized to fit all styles and personalities. There really is something for everyone. There is. You can can express a connection that's stronger than words with symbols of love and gratitude, such as hearts, infinity symbols, angel wings, and family trees to remind us just how special our mothers are. And my mother-in-law loves Pandora jewelry. Mm-hmm. So like, I got this one in the bag. Yeah. It, it's a, it's a fairly safe bet. It's it's really nice. She's going to be thrilled. She's going to be so happy. So let mom know you'll always be by her side with a message of love that she can wear every day. Shop April 22nd through the 26th and receive a free limited edition sterling silver bangle with your Pandora <gasps> purchase of $150 or more. What a treat. That is so amazing. So you can thank the mom and the mom-in-law in your life for always being there with a sparkling gift from Pandora Jewelry. Shop online or in-store, like Lucy said, between April 22nd and April 26th, 2021, and receive a bonus gift with your $150 Pandora Jewelry purchase. This is a limited edition sterling silver bangle. Gorgeous. So go to us.pandora.net forward slash gals to start shopping or find a store near you. That's us.pandora.net forward slash gals and treat your jewels. Straight up. So there's this phenomenon out there known as the wall of wine. Oh, and I, ha- I have that, that affliction. We've all <laughs> been affected. If you or a loved one has been affected by the wall of wine... <laughs> You got to check out this next sponsor. So the wall of wine is basically you're at the store and they have a wall of wine Mm -hmm. and you have no idea where to look, what Mm -hmm. vintage, what varietal you're into. You're just, it's It's a a, a wall of wine. Mm -hmm. It's overwhelming. So nobody wants to be there and you can get help for this affliction. Amanda, tell us how. With wine.com. Um, your new saving grace. This is a world of wine delivered right to your door. So wine.com handles your wine with great care before you even place your order by doing their own warehousing and fulfillment. So like they manage the wall. Okay. You don't have to deal with the wall. They deal with the wall. All right. (laughs) Then it's shipped for free. If you have the stewardship membership, which is a steal at only $49. There's no minimum purchase with this membership. You can order one bottle or order a hundred bottles and the shipping is free every time. You can use your membership to send gifts throughout the year to family and friends. Shipping is free every time. Do I have to say this again? I do. So they introduced that stewardship to eliminate the high costs associated with shipping, given that wine is naturally heavy and can be expensive to ship. So with that stewardship membership, one more time, the shipping is free every single time. And it's free every time. And this is your healing balm to the wall of wine because the expert guides that work with wine.com 
help you choose. Okay, so this is the only site to offer extensive, free professional ratings and tasting notes with all of their products. So if you're a novice, if you're an expert, you can live chat with wine experts. I went on to wine.com the other day and I was perusing and a little little thing pops up and it's like, hey, I'm so-and-so. Can I help you with anything today? Oh, yeah. It's like so convenient. And if you are there because you know what you want, you can just ignore that little pop-up and and go about your way. But if you are staring down that, you know, that moment, the wall of wine moment, and you're like, I need to cook this. I have no idea what to pair with this. Please help me. (laughs) They will help you. They will guide you. It is amazing. It's easy to filter your wine by like Price by vintage, if there's a specific year you really want to check out, by varietal, by region, and many, many, many more filter options, you will find exactly what you're looking for. Uh, Yeah, New Zealand Sauvignon Blanc for me. Thank you so much. Lock that filter on. Oh, lock it on. Amazing. So go to wine.com forward slash crime and get $50 off your first order. Terms apply. One more time, go to wine.com forward slash crime and get 50 bucks off your first order. Again, terms apply, but uh, treat yo wine cellar. Treat it. All right, are we ready? Yeah. For coroner corner. Mm. Yeah. So this month I did something a little different. Oh. Everybody's switching it up, but me. Well, (laughs) so I've been getting quite a few press releases for books in the mail recently. Mm-hmm. And there are two that I've gotten that I read the books and they're really fucking good. So I just wanted to give a couple couple little book reviews for you. Oh, cool. Also, because it's springtime and I don't think I'm alone in this, but I like to set up my hammock on my porch and just read. And it's mm-hmm. so nice outside. It's my favorite summertime activity. So mm-hmm. this we're entering my reading season. I love it. So the first book review I have for us today... For a book called The Lost Family, How DNA Testing is Upending Who We Are. And this is by, written by Libby Copeland. So this book came out about a year ago, so you may have already heard about it. It is a really interesting look at consumer genomics, 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 hmm. which is only like, getting more and more popular, like Ancestry.com and 23andMe mm-hmm. and all those. Mm-hmm. Oh. So this book follows several, quote unquote, seekers so like people who are like really into they're researching their like family genealogy. Yeah. yeah. Like me. Kenyon, mm-hmm. you would fucking love this book. Ooh. I'll bring it. I'll bring it in May. You okay. can borrow it. It's so good. So follow several seekers, mainly the experience of a woman named Alice who submitted her spit to Ancestry in 2012, which was when they started doing at home DNA kits. Mm. So they've been doing it for like nine years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. a long time. And when she got her results back, they were not aligned with what her family had always thought that they were. Ooh. Interesting. Uh, yeah. So, and Alice's story, the how it ends, how it just unfolds, it reads like a fucking novel. It's really, I'm not giving anything away, but you, you don't see it coming. Mm-hmm. Is what I, I'll tell you. Other secrets she profiles really run the gamut of being relieved and elated at their results to being like more or less traumatized Mm. because I mean I have uh, I have half siblings out there that have Mm -hmm. no earthly idea I exist yeah (laughs) yeah I thought of you actually a lot when I was reading this book 
And for a long time, I didn't do Ancestry.com because I didn't Mm want to fuck up their shit and like, you know, whatever. And then after a while, it was like, you know what? You're full grown adults now. Yep. You mm-hmm. have every right to know that your dad was kind of a piece of shit. Mm-hmm. And if he didn't tell them, it's not your That's on him. It's not your yeah. fucking he problem. Had 33 years to tell them. Mm-hmm. 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 So a common thread among these seekers that they are most of them are of a certain age. And that's usually that they've they've had children themselves, even grandchildren of their own. So they're interested in discovering more about their own lineage. And mm. this generation, let's just say, let's just generalize and say like the boomers and then the generations before that, they may have been brought up in a society where there weren't like necessarily holistic social programs and adoption mm. agencies and things like that. Like maybe there's not quite as much of a paper trail. They clearly mm. grew up when there weren't like internet databases. Mm-hmm. So there's just like a lot of lost information. Yeah, there was a lot. There was a lot more of like kind of off the books adoptions Mm -hmm. yeah and a lot more like foundlings and Mm. bastard children cases and even like baby switches like things just just kind of went under the radar a lot even not even that stuff which like yes all of that's legit but like we have a a member of our family like a distant like a great aunt or something who like just sort of went off on her own journey Mm-hmm. And we like know very little about her at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's like, I'm curious about who this person was. Mm-hmm. Or like the orphan train stuff. Oh, yeah. Like people just kind of like traded babies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Like it was just kind of bizarre. So a lot of those cases, things were kind of kept like hush, hush. There are several cases like that outlined in this book. Like full ass adults that are just now realizing that they had been adopted and that everybody around them knew that and just hadn't told them. Oh God! Like it was a different time. It was a different time. Not excusing it, but it was a totally different time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So Copeland talks about the history of genealogy research in the U.S. and how it's a unique experience for groups like Black and Jewish Americans. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. She talks about eugenics and the evolution of genetic research, especially throughout the 20th century. It really got kind of kicked off in like the 1870s-ish. But then uh, from then on, like people were just getting more and more interested, especially people who thought themselves to be like, descendants of British colonizers who thought that maybe they had like a title or like a higher social rank back in in Britain. Mm. So people mm. people would study their family trees as a means to like prove mm. that they had like a They're, higher status. Sure. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it matters less to us now, but back right. in the late 1800s, like, I guess. Right. Whatever you so can I'm, get. <laughs> I think the the black and Jewish and other minority or like BIPOC groups mm-hmm. doing this and what how like interesting and and fraught potentially mm-hmm. that relationship is with these genealogical databases I think is really interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. that they talk quite a bit about that in this book. It's really cool. Genealogy is particularly important to Mormons. So she goes Mm. to Utah for some, like, really crazy in-depth research. (laughs) Oh, geez. There are also a bunch of interviews with experts regarding the evolving legality of genetic databases. She also goes into the ethics of consent. So, like, yes, you have the right to seek out your family, but do your ancestors have the right to remain anonymous? 
Mm-hmm. That's a good point. Obviously, this book tackles a lot. So she goes from like the deep down science, like <laughs> words that we haven't heard since like high school biology, mm-hmm. but like the implications of mitochondrial DNA. Oh, God. Even to the history of Jim Crow laws in the U.S. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. For example, one of the interviews brought up like how many how many white women or women who view themselves as white are walking around and maybe they have a certain percentage of African ancestry. And according to those Jim Crow laws, it was like a, you know, they said like a, a drop of yeah, African not blood. Drop. It's the right. not a drop thing. Right. You know, it's just, it it examines your identity on so many scientific, cultural, social, racial, all, all sorts of levels. It's like fucking... Mm-hmm. And some people are like not interested in it, but for people who are very interested in it, it can really start like the results on that piece of paper can really start to shape how you form your own identity, mm-hmm. like for better or for worse. And like you have to really understand th- what the like if your results come back and it's like like mine was like 56 percent Irish, 20 percent Scottish you know, like whatever remaining percent Norwegian, mm-hmm. like you're okay, white. I, well, yeah, that was no surprise. I was a little surprised that there wasn't like more German in there, but mm-hmm. Zach was thrilled. <laughs> but it doesn't it doesn't mean I am 56 percent Irish and 20 percent mm-hmm. Scottish and whatever. Blah, 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 blah. Like if I went back and calculated from my family tree it would be a more nuanced thing because I have my family tree going back and it's Mm -hmm. reasonably accurate, Mm -hmm. you know? But the results that come back to you are, are, there are windows. There are Mm -hmm. statistical windows that they are operating from. But a lot of people take it and they're like, I'm exactly 56% Mm -hmm. Irish, therefore I'm going to, you know, like move to Ireland and, like, go ham on St. Patrick's Day and, like, whatever. You know and what I'm like, saying? No, yeah. And there are a lot of things to be talked about in terms of the ethics of breaking down a person's quote-unquote identity into, like, a pie chart. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and also, and, you know, these databases, they're they're working on it now. Like, I think they're actively trying to recruit, like, people of color and people from a wider geographic area But because so many of their early customers were, like, wealthy or upper Mm -hmm. middle class or middle class, like, Western white people, Mm -hmm. that is where they have the most, like, statistical data. And so that is where they can be more accurate with giving people results. And then people of color kind of get, like, shortchanged. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. With their results. They are working on that. Yeah. Another thing that I found really interesting They were talking about the implications of getting genetic markers back about like, you know, your likelihood to to develop Alzheimer's, for example. Sure. Mm -hmm. And how they've there there have been studies where people are told, you know, incorrectly in a lot of cases that they have a gene for lower. What's it called? Like stamina, like physical stamina. And then they get them to, to do a test on a treadmill 
And Mm -hmm. just the knowledge or the perceived knowledge of of having less physical stamina will cause them, will change them physiologically to do to do worse on a on a physical test. Oh, Mm -hmm. wow. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Hmm. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. (laughs) That has far wider implications. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, it's just an example. So, Mm -hmm. again, the book tackles all of these things, this huge wide range of things including like how strong or weak the bonds of love and family can be the flex the flexibility of identity and truth like it gets into like philosophical Mm -hmm. stuff it's it's very well-rounded it's a very lovely book it's full of really fascinating information i highly recommend it so again this book is called the lost family how dna testing is upending who we are by libby copeland and that's from abrams press Ooh, I wow. definitely want to read that. Mm-hmm. I'll lend it to you. So the second review I have for us is a book called Autopsy, Life in the Trenches with a Forensic Pathologist in Africa. Ugh. And it's written by Ryan Blumenthal. He lives in South Africa specifically, Kenyan's hometown. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so this is a fascinating read for all my fellow spooky little bitches, let me tell you. So Blumenthal is quite straightforward in his explanations and illustrations of what he encounters day to day on the job, dealing with deaths ranging from car accidents to lightning strikes, animal attacks, drug overdoses, Ebola, like any, anything, you name it. So even though he describes these pathologies in clinical detail, he doesn't really overwhelm us with like gory details for better or worse. I really... (laughs) I really mm-hmm. some people critique his work for not being gory enough. <laughs> well, I like it because he he there's just science behind everything. Like he'll he'll describe something completely bizarre and mind-blowing and then like explain the science behind it and you're just like, "Oh my god, this is fucking fascinating." So, I have just a few excerpts to read for us. Are you ready? I don't Never, think you are. But yes. <laughs> Okay, so first of all, the table of contents, there are chapters called like my last living patient, ways of dying part one and part two, lightning and environmental deaths, and African wildlife deaths. Oh, (laughs) okay. (laughs) Yeah, the perfect murder talks about like how to get away with murder. He's my hero, basically. Okay, (laughs) so this first part is about maggots. Oh, God. Mm. Maggots help forensic pathologists a lot during an autopsy. So-called maggot masses give us a clue as to the position of original wounds. For example, flies tend to lay their eggs within knife wounds, which can help us identify them, meaning mm-hmm. identify knife wounds. Okay. There can Why be... do they like knife wounds versus... Cozy little I, secure yeah, pockets. Yeah, I think because they're tighter. They're just uh, little slips. Oh, wet slits. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Gotta love a wet slit. Okay. There can be up to <laughs> there can be up to seventy kilograms of worms and larvae present in a body. How many pounds is oh that? Oh my! Uh, isn't that like a hundred and fifty pounds? Uh, this is only after pounds. death, right? 70? There aren't that many worms it's in my hun- body right now. One hundred and fifty-four pounds. Yeah. Oh, after death. Yes. Okay. I just got literal <laughs> chills. Their activity even produces a cracking, crackling or popping sound. If someone dies from a cocaine overdose the body and the body is only found months later and there are multiple larvae present within the body, 
the larvae tend to be large and hyperactive from the cocaine. <laughs> They've been having a party for months. Oh, yeah. my God. Can you imagine the dead bodies of, like, Wall Street in the 80s? Oh, oh wow. yeah. The larvae days. Oh, bad. <laughs> We call these Back hyperact- the larvae days. We call these hyperactive larvae super larvae. <laughs> Great. So I've heard the same thing with termites. They give I believe them, it. They give them cocaine, and they okay. just like eat the trees a hundred times faster. Ugh. Amazing. Something also that I don't think I included. I didn't include this in my little excerpts, but he talks a lot about lightning deaths, like my ancestor. Yeah, and I guess apparently sometimes, uh, rarely, the only way that you can tell for sure that a person died from a lightning strike is because their shoes were busted open. Oh! There's no Mm. other, like, clear, sure sign that, yes, this was lightning. Isn't that fucking weird? That's creepy. I don't like that. I mean, other than the fact that they're just, like, fried in a field. A dust? Yeah. Yeah, what? A smoking dust, like no, a cartoon no. with only the shoes left over. No, not even. It could just be like, I mean, I don't, uh, it's. Like ele- they don't always burn is what you're saying? Like they don't always like. Correct. Electricity's effect on the body, there's like a billion different ways that it could present itself. So okay. sometimes it just looks like a just a dead person who maybe had like a pulmonary embolism or something. And the only sign that it was a lightning strike is because their shoes are melted. Wow. Yeah. I didn't know that. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, in the case of my ancestor, there were witnesses. Oh, cool. <laughs> okay. So, another excerpt. Lock. Yum. 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 Okay. There's a con- little Lucyisms. <laughs> there's a condition in forensic pathology known as INCA, Inca or instantaneous neurogenic cardiac arrest, which presents another quick way to die. Don't love that. (laughs) Inca describes the immediate and complete cessation of myocardial activity caused by a neural stimulus. This is a very strange and rare condition, but cases of Inca are of major medico-legal importance. Here are a few examples of Inca-related deaths. So the first one, a soldier playfully tweaked his girlfriend's neck on the dance floor. The next moment, she dropped dead. Pressure pressure changes in the carotid artery may interfere interfere with a person's baroreceptors. So it's just like the way that your body pressurizes itself. Oh, good. So now I just get to be worried about turning my neck. Ugh. Not like cracking it or yeah, whatever. Just turn it. Literally, I'm never just checking it. my side mirrors again while driving, or my blind spot. That might be. What more do you mean dangerous. again? <laughs> Listen, I'm actually quite good at checking all those areas. Oh my god. Okay. At least I have both eyes. <laughs> Thunderdome. Okay. <laughs> A similar case occurred when a grandmother kissed her grandchild and applied pressure to the child's neck, and the child died instantly. <gasps> what? what? <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. That's not real. I'm refusing to believe that. Compression of the neck caused, for example, by a high, stiff collar that exerts pressure on the carotid sinus when one turns one head, one's head, a tie suddenly constricted around the neck, or even pressure during intense lovemaking. 
<gasps> there is oh, a case no. on record of so-called eagle syndrome, which is prolonged stylohyoid processes in which sudden death is caused by merely turning the head. There you go. I I live in fear anyway. I know. God. <sighs> Take your meds. Here we yeah, go. Yeah, well, I do, but this certainly does not help. <laughs> Application of extreme blunt force to the stomach, such as a belly flop into the water, a solar plexus or pit of the stomach, of the fil- philtrum of the lip, the inner aspect of the knee, or the genitalia, notably the testes, may cause may cause Inca. So sudden death. Uh huh. The inside of your knee, your ball sack, the pit of your stomach. Oh, my God. Sudden cold water to the male external genitalia may also cause this. For example, a man may be drinking alcohol in the warm sun, then run into the cold ocean and suddenly die. This cold shock response is known as hydrocution. Whoa. Whoa. I know that this is unrelated. This is not Inca, but this is why I can't watch videos of people getting hurt or like working out improperly one i don't give a shit about how people work out but like two you know like those videos that go around of like people like trying to like bench press too much weight and they like do it wrong and whatever and then yeah their arms like explode i can't fucking watch that because as somebody with chronic back pain it's like one little fuck up tweak and you could be so miserable for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, pressure on the eyeballs may cause this. I was just pressing my eyeballs. Well, don't. <laughs> Stop. The glottis is highly sensitive. So like the upper part of your, well, the nasopharynx area, which is the upper part of your throat behind the nose. If that's stimulated by a sudden gush of cold water, that may cause an Inca related death. Foreign objects such as a food bolus lodged in the pharynx may cause a what's called a cafe coronary death, which is not the same thing as choking. You just have a pressure as applied to the specific spot in your throat. My God, there's so many ways that food could kill you already. And sex. Sudden dilation of the uterine cervix, especially during an illicit abortion or of the anal sphincter during anal rape, or I would assume rough sex may have a similar effect. Oh. Woof. So that's... Woof. (laughs) I'm reevaluating everything. Amanda is against inexplicable sudden death and Uh, anal rape. Woof. I'm... No, I'm just reevaluating all of my sexual practices is really what's happening right now. I'm thinking of all the times I came so close to death. (laughs) Well, just How be often aware your of... inner knee has been touched. Listen, <laughs> it's leave all... my kinks out of this. It's so all coming scandalous. Back. Okay, next next excerpt. This is about mob assault. Oh, um, okay. why are you doing this? Yeah, I think it's really fucking interesting. So to us, this is my segment, and you're gonna suffer through it with me. Okay. I am suffering <laughs> through it. Can confirm. I never thought I'd be missing donut cum, but alas, here I am. <laughs> remember those days? Remember how young oh, and innocent we yeah. were? Well, so I'm ending my segment with a wonderfully, <laughs> wonderful palate cleanser that has nothing to do with a donut. 
cover to come. So yet just stick with me here. So we're talking about mob assault. The mode of mob assault has changed over the years. A particularly brutal form of mob assault we encountered in the past was called necklacing. Don't like Uh, it. Don't know what it is. Don't like it. You're not going to like it. This entails placing a rubber tire filled with petrol, gasoline, (gasps) around a victim's chest and arms (gasps) and setting it on fire. No. Nowadays, that feels like some, like, the troubles. Evil genius shit. Shit. What's the troubles? Like in Northern Ireland. Mm. Mm Mm-hmm. Necklacing. I'm totally guessing, but that is an association that I've just made up. Well, this is related to South Africa, so nowadays we are seeing a lot of mob assault cases that are due to multiple directed blunt force trauma, so beating with sticks and stones. They do break your bones. Yup. The attackers usually use flexible sticks, but sometimes they use rigid sticks. Those flexible sticks explain why our victims are often covered with so-called tram line injuries. I'm assuming that means because... When it strikes somebody, it'll kind of bend around their body. Mm. So it'll be more like a whip instead of like a like a solid stick. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Okay. The attackers may also use stones. This is stoning in the biblical sense. The pathology of stoning injuries is very specific and can fool even the most experienced of pathologists. Stoning does not result in circular bruises all over the body, as one would expect. It may cause strange injuries indeed. Often stoning victims have unusual abrasions, lacerations, and contusions over their bodies. Mm-hmm. In some mob assault cases, attackers throw an accelerant over the genitals as a coup de grace. We often see burn wounds on mob assault victims. Okay, here's the interesting part. When we dissect these mob assault bodies at autopsy, the internal organs show almost no injuries. One would expect to find skull fractures or broken ribs or a subdural hematoma of the brain or an extradural hematoma of the head. Yet, remarkably, the in- internal organs are in pristine condition. So why do these people actually die? This uh, remains one of the greatest mysteries in modern forensics. Currently, we have five theories of the cause of death in such instances. Obviously, this does not pertain to the necklacing because they're, they're burned to death. Right. But these are just yeah. people who are beaten to death. Mm-hmm. But, like, don't have internal injuries. Yeah. So Weird. they don't really know how exactly they they die. They physiologically died. Sure. So the, okay. f- the first theory, the victims bleed to death due to blood loss under their skin. We think that extreme blunt force trauma suffered by these victims causes them to bleed subcutaneously to the extent that they lose up to three liters of blood. Oh, my God. Whoa. So just like really bad bruising? Yeah. Okay. Um, or the victims have raised potassium levels, which is called hyper... Hyper... Kalamia. Bananaosis. Bananatosis. Due to the red blood cells that rupture during severe external blunt force trauma. We suspect that such raised potassium levels can affect the heart, causing an arrhythmia. You can also, potassium is used to like poison people too, right? Mm hmm. Yeah, I mean, it, just like really anything else, too much or too little. Yeah, it's the yeah, dose. It's going to be problematic. Potassium can cause like muscle cramps and stuff. So, yes. Ugh. The victim's adrenaline and noradrenaline levels have become so high due to the dynamic events of the mob assault that they affect the heart, causing an arrhythmia and death. So basically, adrenaline causes, you know, a heart attack for the most Mm -hmm. part. Okay. Or the victims die from positional asphyxia when they are placed in a position that compromises their normal breathing. Sound familiar? Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. 
or the victims may suffer an Inca due to extreme emotion or pain, which causes sympathetic nervous system overload and death. Mm. So I just thought that was fucking weird that, okay, they know that this person was beaten to get to death by a mob, but like, you know. But like the forensic evidence doesn't necessarily reflect that, like internal injury and stuff. Yeah. So what the, the thing that I, the running theme throughout this book is how forensic pathologists are really investigators Mm-hmm. And how you can be looking at a body and you can see see clear signs that like follow one hypothesis, but you have to look so closely because half the time it's something completely different. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Well, we've talked about this before where it's like you have a puzzle and you have a lot of the pieces, but not all of them. And so sometimes you have to like use the, what evidence surrounds those empty spaces to like fill in those blanks. And get the whole picture because it's not always going to be super fucking obvious. Mm -hmm. Exactly. It's even more complicated when there are multiple factors, which happens all the time. Mm -hmm. Well, and like everybody's body is different and, Mm -hmm. you know, certain injuries can look exactly like certain other injuries. Yeah. You have to be you have to have such a wide breadth of experience in the specific field to 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 have confidence that you're giving the right analysis. Mm-hmm. That's too much pressure. So here's I'll my, stick to podcasting. Right? Here's my last um, excerpt, which is very much falls in line with that. Okay. So there's a case on record of a motor vehicle accident victim who was lying on a gurney after having sustained minor injuries in the accident. Minutes later, he was dead. He only had minor abrasions, according to the ambulance personnel. It was quite a mystery. The body was sent for a medical legal autopsy and it was established that he died from carbon monoxide poisoning from the ambulance's <gasps> exhaust fumes. Oh no. my God. He had <gasps> been placed relatively close to the exhaust pipe of the ambulance while the paramedics attended to the other occupants of the vehicle. Car- oh, for God's sake. That sakes. is some final destination shit right there. Right? Carbon monoxide binds 250 times more strongly to the hemoglobin than oxygen. So the cause of death then had little to do with the initial motor vehicle accident and everything to do with the carbon monoxide rich exhaust fumes from the ambulance. Oh, my God. Can you imagine being the family uh, of that victim and finding that out? It would I would. Oh, it'd be infuriating. That would be that would be so hard. I mean, one to have it be sudden, then to think you know what happened and be devastated and then to find out that the people oh my god oh my god yep. I know. Mm-hmm. so this book is just full of really interesting factual Torture. information plus like a Trauma. bunch of plus like a Trauma. bunch of anecdotes traumatic anecdotes okay amanda won't like this book but i fucking (laughs) love it so again this book is called autopsy life in the trenches with the forensic pathologist in africa by ryan blumenthal and this is from jonathan ball publishers wow i fucking love it when i googled the necklacing and northern ireland i couldn't find much but i did yeah i saw what you sent the chat i did find a a jewelry necklace (laughs) called balls on the falls belfast necklace (laughs) so i will be putting an image of that on the drive for everyone balls Balls on on falls stacks on on pop (laughs) okay so i have one more little treat for you This is an article from the Daily Mail, and it is from 2017, but 
I had not seen it before. It was a link from an article that my mom had sent me. It was just like a reference. Mm-hmm. And I'm absolutely obsessed with it. Are you ready? <laughs> I don't know. Yes. I know what this is. Okay. <laughs> Survivalist Chihuahua ate owner to stay alive <laughs> after spending days with dead body before it was found. Yeah. Yep. The Chihuahua? The, oh, yeah. The Survivalist Chihuahua. They are brutal little pups, <laughs> and I love them. They do not fuck around. That is not <laughs> even my favorite part of this. Uh, just uh. get ready. A tiny chihuahua has been hailed a, quote, survivalist pupper after he was forced <laughs> to eat his owner to stay alive. The little pooch. Forced. The after l- he chose. The little pooch named Rumpelstiltskin was <laughs> left. <laughs> was left. <laughs> he spun that fucking hay into gold for himself. <laughs> Was left God bless was him. left with little choice but to eat his human after they died. It was reportedly two weeks before the body was found, meaning the diminutive dog would have starved to death had he not eaten them. Yeah. He's a survivalist. I mean, no shame you in got that game. to do what you got to do. The story came to light when Tiffany Fortuna shared it on the dog spotting Facebook group. Oh. Tiffany from New Jersey, United States, wrote, Quote, maybe this is the group where he finally gets the recognition he deserves. This is Rumpelstiltskin, and he is four <laughs> pounds of love and nervous shaking. And oh. human flesh. And two pounds of human flesh. I adopted him one year ago from an animal shelter because his owner died. Bonus info, his owner oh. was dead for a considerable time before anyone noticed, and he did eat his human to stay alive. <laughs> Plus one for being a survivalist pupper. Oh, oh my God. She adopted this dog after it had a taste for human I mean, yes. Lucy would do this. Uh, yeah, it's the only circumstance under which I would adopt a dog. <laughs> the quote goes on. A cadaver on. dog or a dog that ate its cadaver. Are they mutually exclusive? I'd argue mm. no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> His legs are weirdly long for his small body and also <laughs> bowed out in a way that makes him look like a fancy table. Oh, wait, look at the drive. Wait, wait. look at the <gasps> photo. Oh, oh, <gasps> oh, yes, I see. The, they do look like fancy table legs. <laughs> this is the table from from Beauty and the Beast. Yes. When it dan- it's like the footstool. Yes. That was such an odd description. description. And so and then, perfect. And then you look at it, and that is exactly... He's a fancy table. He's a tapered... He has the beautifully tapered legs Very French. in the front. The oh other photo God. of him giving just brutal side eyes. Oh, He's looking eye. at me. He knows. Yeah. Oh, he is little. He's so He's cute. Tiny. I love him. So the quote goes on. He likes food. Undivided yeah. attention and sleeping for many hours at a time. Same. Wow. Tiffany's post went viral, amassing thousands of likes and almost a thousand comments. Most comments praised Rumpelstiltskin, with many describing him as brave. This is my favorite. This is my favorite. This is the part that killed me. One person wrote, bless his heart and his Queen Anne legs. Yes! <laughs> yes, yes, Queen Anne. Yes. 
any animal would do what he did to survive. And look at the size oh. of him. It's not like he'd eat much of it anyway. I want, oh my I am God. so curious to know how much he got through. I'm right? sorry that this person died. It sounds like it was of natural causes. Yeah. How much did he get through? <laughs> People in the die two every weeks? day. Uh, okay, so die. he scares me, but I love him, added another. Oh. There were <laughs> others, however, who found the episode, quote, gross. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, Rumpelstiltskin? I, I mean, otherwise love... you just have a dead human and a dead dog. So right? which is grosser? Yeah. I love Rumpy. Rumpelstiltskin and his Queen Anne legs. Oh, oh it's so perfect. The Queen Anne legs. It's such a spot on <laughs> description. I'm Googling a I Queen know. Anne table and putting a... Um, <laughs> yes, a comparison photo. Yes. Good call. Wow. <laughs> oh, my God. It's like, yeah. is it just not <laughs> exact? It's exa- It's Queen Anne. It's the, it's the style. It's, it's the shape. His paws are even the right shape for Queen Anne table toes, whatever they're Drop called. Drop the photo. I want to see am. it. I want to see it. Go faster. Okay, it's there. <laughs> I don't. S- oh, my God. Yep. <laughs> yep. That is just another picture of this dog. I'm toggling back and forth. That it, this end table is exactly this dog. <laughs> oh my god, I'm obsessed. I, I love might have it. to get a Queen Anne table just oh, so yeah. I can name look it at it. Siltskin. <laughs> name so it Rumpelstiltskin. Think of Rumpy. Well, Rumpy. <laughs> okay. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next month. Oh, bye bye. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Wine and Crime. Our cover art is by Kala Yip. Music by Phil Young and Corey Wendell. Editing by Jonathan Camp. Check out our website and blog at wineandcrimepodcast.com. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at wineandcrimepod. If you have questions, answers, or recommendations to share, email us at wineandcrimepodcast at gmail.com. Episodes are available on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, basically wherever you get your favorite podcasts. And if you like the show, please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. It is the best way to spread the word. If you'd like to show your support and get a shout out on air, visit our Patreon page to keep this podcast and the wine flowing. Cheers!